O.R. declaring 1985 the year of the Qada in a similar platform to that uh, which uh, President Sir Ramaphosa uh, addressed over the weekend. And Jambas, uh, compliments of the new year. Mshakazu, I'm going to join we're still trying to find our feet and uh, at least make sense of what 2020 brings and uh, I guess all of the issues be ESCOM, land reform and many others as this net is but that being said uh, Chamba, so you would have heard uh, parts of that clip, and I really apologize to many of our listeners for the quality of that particular clip. If I radio freedom, does a good. This is radio as manual and it's going to be true. So you're going to have to bear with me there. But I, I wanted to play that clip, uh, Ongama, I guess to, to highlight also the historic import of this particular message that the president was delivering uh, on uh, Saturday. And more importantly, I guess in the history of the ANC, uh, uh, the sense with which there was some urgency that uh, uh, messages were conveyed on that particular platform uh, at that time in the year to really set the scene, to really, you know, give the line of march uh, for the next year. I mean, we heard the, pres- uh, the former president of the ANC, the O.R. Tambo, saying, you know, 1985 is the year of the CADA, and even speaking about the kind of CADA uh, that they want. What, what do you make of, I guess, uh, how the other January 8 statements have since 1985, right up to the one that we heard on Saturday, whether or not... I guess they've fallen in the same kind of vein in terms of the urgency of the organizational tasks that uh, many of these statements imply. Well, it's quite interesting. Uh, thanks for playing uh, that, uh, you know, that, that clip. I was kind of nostalgic. <coughs> so what I, what, I, what, I, what I picked up from it is that uh, the NC for a long time has been grappling with a particular kind of uh, cadre that it uh, aspires uh, or it wishes for itself. And what it, what it, it points to is that uh, while the NDR is a broad, you know, vision, mm. it requires a particular kind of uh, competences and character, sure. which uh, has been very elusive for the ANC, even as it has tried through the years to actually reach you know, for that ideal cadre that can take the party forward. Mm. Uh, so, so it's quite interesting to see that uh, many years later, uh, President Ramaphosa, uh, in a, among some of the things he talks about, for example, in the priority to build a capable state, it starts with an ANC with 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 uh, comrades of a special type mm. uh, who could uh, you know redeem the state from the tendency to want to capture it for private gain and private interest. Mm. It's quite interesting. Mm. And 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 let's maybe just engage, I guess, uh, uh, you know, the context uh, of this particular you know January eighth statement happens uh, during a prolonged drought, which has had a massive impact on the province of the Northern Cape, but also. Uh, in many ways, I think many people attribute the low turnout to some of the issues that uh, Jessie Duarte raised towards the end of last year uh, as she was addressing uh, a community, I think, in the south of Johannesburg, mm. speaking about, you know, this, uh, I guess, assault on the non-racial character of the ANC. Uh, do you get a sense that in a small stadium like the Tuffle Stadium there in Kimberley, uh, that, uh, you know, the ANC, as a leader of society, as it often says, you know, was unable to really marshal uh, enough people within its own motive forces to fill up that stadium to hear the message uh, of its leader. 
Yeah, so I didn't want to read much uh, on it. First of all, I reviewed images post-factor. Uh, and, and, and secondly, the Northern Cape is not famous for being the major hotspot of the ANC, even mm. though uh, the party wins conclusively there. But it's not like, for example, your Eastern Cape and KwaZulu-Natal where the party there has got the competency and the experience in managing big events. Mm. So, so, so what some people were interpreting uh, the outcome of the, at least in terms of attendance, was that it reflects more on the inexperience of the party in that province uh, to campaign widely and mobilize people more than it it is about the political statement. So, in fact, it's one of the things I wanted to watch, uh, both attendance as well as the body language of the uh, crowds Mm. attending. And for me, I don't think there was much to read uh, politically in terms of, for example, whether it's a crisis of legitimacy for the president or loss of support for the ANC. Mm. I think if it was an election year where you find that uh, the ability to fill in stadia is part of the the competitive rivalry among Mm, uh, political parties, I'd read a lot more to it. Uh, now it's open to various interpretations, mm. such as, for mm. example, uh, the the and 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 and, and the, because of the failure to see some public display of displeasure either on the president or those on the opposing faction, one can't even say that it's 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 part of the posturing sure. leading to the NGC this year. Okay, so such is suggesting here that uh, you know it wasn't that kind of fill up. Uh, engagement it wasn't that kind of uh, a contest, but but I want us to talk about the other contests that certainly preceded that statement on the Saturday. It seems uh, that uh, not everybody was batting on the same wicket or singing from the same song sheet, especially when it comes, uh, I guess, to Indo-Azid rooms, in particular the energy crisis that we face. And uh, I'm quite interested in what you make of uh, some of the utterances and some of the suggestions that have come through. I mean, we heard Batabila Lamini coming out and saying the decision to appoint Jabu Mabuza. Uh, and the context within which that happened uh, might have uh, uh, necessitated a very haphazard uh, decision. What do you make of that and also the response uh, that was given uh, to uh, SABC reporter Samgela Maseko uh, by uh, Didi Mabuza, um, suggesting that you know um, the president and uh, many around him might have been misled about the happenings and uh, I guess the, the state of the crisis at ISKCOM? It's very interesting in terms of that latter one. There seems to be a communication fiasco here. On the one part, the deputy president was, uh, you know, said what he said, and I believe that part of it is actually a a true legitimate interpretation of the events. Mm. Another one could be actually breaking ranks uh, for for the first time out there, uh, uh, or what we call you know, testing waters in terms of rattling the political alliances on the part of the, uh, the, the, the deputy president on an issue which was not likely going to carry significant you know, traction over a long period of time. So it's one 
moment. In fact, I was, I was looking at their body language when Zingi Salosi was actually calling for the entire board to resign. Mm. They found a, 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 a moment to crack a joke there between him and, and, the, and, and the executive of the ANC. I saw the president exchanging jokes with, uh, with, with PD. So I think it was, he was being smart on, an, on breaking ranks on an issue which he knows is thorny, but uh, was less in in the bigger scheme of things, serious that uh, it couldn't be it couldn't result in a sustained conflict between the two of them. Mm. But going back to the point I was making about the communication fiasco, notwithstanding the fact that the presidency denied the fact that uh, they were misled, you then have Jabu Mamuza uh, resigning on that very same basis that we gave an undertaking and we didn't live up to it. Mm. Indeed, the presidency was right in saying we we, we don't suspect that there was a malicious intent. But to have opposed what the deputy president was saying, when in fact there are bases for him to infer what he inferred, uh, for me, I think there there was a potential communication fiasco there. Mm. Um, With respect to... Uh, the I, I concur with uh, what Uma Mubatabs actually feels about not necessarily initially the appointment of Jabu Mabuza to be chairperson, even though there were conflict of interest issues that were you know uh, that people were anxious about. It is the decision to have him wear both the cap of acting chief mm. executive and chairman mm. of the board, which to me uh, was a blunder, oh, because. You needed mm. a, at any given stage with ESCOM, you needed a very robust uh, accountability framework where the opposition, the chairperson of the board kept engaging the chief executive and the minister also engaged on a daily basis. Mm. Uh, so, so to have that in one person at some, uh, while it was very critical to, to, you know, we were operating in a, in a, in a very, you know, uh, 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 in a crisis mode was not very, uh, uh, I think it, with, with, with hindsight and mm. it could have been envisaged. It was not a wise decision. Yeah. Ongama, I want us to take a look here at, I guess, for me, really, what I, I think are three dimensions uh, to this particular challenge that we have here at ESCOM. And I want to maybe hear some of your views, Gupefumle, about some of the things that you're also seeing in the public discourse and social media and elsewhere uh, as it relates sure. to this. I think the first one are around some of the operational issues. So we're hearing about maintenance, we're hearing about a very old fleet, we're hearing about design flaws in the newer fleet, uh, which means that they can't work at full capacity. So that's the one. Let's park that. Then there's the second one, uh, which I think for me is around, you know, individuals and how they interact with the political plane that they find themselves in. Um, It might be Praveen, it might be, you know, a DD, it might be a Cyril, all in the unfolding drama of the palace politics of the ANC, right? The third one, uh, and and this for me is is also quite of the interesting ones, this whole idea perceived or real of some accumulation strategy on the part of state capturers on the one hand, or even many of those that have had evergreen con- contracts at ESCOM. And many people would suggest that the political fight is really a fight between some of the newer interests that are trying sure. to get contracts at ESCOM vis-a-vis some of the maybe older established white companies uh, who have had pride of place in many of these contracts. One would think that all three of these things intersect in some form or the other. I love how you've, uh, you've categorized them. So in terms of the first dimension... Uh, 
the problems are given, right? Uh, the the issue of uh, you know maintenance regime, uh, the the state of the infrastructure, and all of those things, those are given. Where my impatience has been with the with management, all the way to the political head, uh, not to jump on a bandwagon of the uh, politically exploited message around the recall for the, the calls for the resignation of the minister. Uh, where I'm losing patience with 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 management as well as all the parties involved, is the is the failure to communicate a sense that we are getting ahead or things are improving in the ability to manage the crisis. Hmm. So that's one. Hmm. So you don't get a sense that momentum is building in the positive direction when it comes to managing what is in fact a given problem or what are given problems that have been known for almost a year or two now. So with respect to Medubi and Kusile, I don't get the sense that we're also getting, you know, some traction in terms of resolving uh, the, the the technical challenges mm, there. Mm. And and so, but to come to the latter dimension, I, I do feel that indeed the state, the state, by the way, is never neutral. It's always contested. Yeah. And 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 the mechanism of uh, 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 state-owned enterprises are mechanisms in way of 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 retaining control, either at a, uh, for the party or for particular powerful interests at a particular mm. given time mm. in the party. So it's always going to be contested, and what is said in the public domain will always be uh, not what the real issues are. Mm. And that's why we have a theory of the deep state uh, globally in the U.S. and elsewhere, uh, agitations for war, and you understand between beneath the surface there's a political economy of war, yes. uh, where, uh, a war economy where there are vested interests that benefit from it. Mm. So it's always the case with political phenomena that what's spoken about in the in, 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 in the in the public domain is in fact not what the real issues are. Beneath the surface, there are issues about contestations of who, go, who gets what, when and how, as Harold, Harold Blesswell put it. So, 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 so for me, I agree with the sentiments that the, polit- the situation high, is highly politically uh, contested. Mm. And I think on the part of Labour, uh, and I quite liked hearing their views, uh, but I, also, I think also for them, they are dealing with the politics of uh, the debate between uh, whether to privatize or not to privatize. Mm. So, so, so part of the so what the current crisis is a proxy uh, is fought as a proxy battle with the broader issues of the role of the state in with relation to the SOEs going forward. Chambers, mm. It's certainly uh, one of the issues that I think are probably going to be. A, a political football as uh, we near the National General Council of the ruling party. And uh, more importantly, uh, I guess uh, 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 this challenge will take with it, uh, whichever way the cookie crumbles, the South African economy. And I think, uh, uh, Ongama, for me, that is one of the things that I find very difficult to contemplate. But we'll have to leave it there, my brother. Always a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you for having me, of course.